top of the day to you. My name is Mike. Welcome to the FBTV video podcast. If you are not seeing this video podcast, well, probably it's because you are not a client of Tao Toy. We'll get into that shortly. But we are trying to keep up and do a couple of these a week. Matter of fact, we have a YouTube uh, channel, Freight Broker TV, if you are looking. And you will find uh, topics that we talk about, videos, posted there on YouTube. Some of them, some of them uh, taken, obviously, from the uh, video podcast that we do here at uh, FBTV. But it's Thursday, February 17th. And, man, we, we got quite a bit to talk about today. And uh, Trudeau is number one. <laughs> Uh, poor guy, we'll get into that in a moment. But uh, today is what? February 17th? It's my way day. My way. <laughs> Your way too. Cabbage day. I know a lot of people don't like cabbage. I know my wife doesn't like cabbage. She don't even like to smell it. And I cook a batch of it. I cook it up. It's good for you. It's healthy. It's... uh it's a good food to help you lose weight. You know, the whole nine yards, I put a little bit of olive oil in, boil the cabbage, throw in some onions, maybe a little bit of garlic, carrots, obviously. Get some pepper sauce, and uh, man, I can feast on that for a couple of days. But anyway, that, enough of that, right? My way day and cabbage day. Uh, we have an impossible question for you, like we do on every one of these. Hopefully I'll remember to. Hopefully I'll remember to come back and give you the answer before we get done. I was doing pretty good till the other day, but it is what it is. 35% of people polled say they do this. If they're having a hard time falling asleep. My copy said is having a hard time. But it should be if. Okay, 35% of people polled say they do this if they're having a hard time falling asleep. What is it? <laughs> we'll come back to that here in a little bit. <clears throat> Let's see. What else we got going on? We talked about the fuel prices the other day. They, they keep going up. I do not get this. And I was thinking about this earlier this morning. Why is it anymore that when we get a president, I don't care Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. But whenever we get a new president, it doesn't matter. They go back and they have to put their fingerprint on stuff. Because fuel prices, they're up $1.14 from a year ago. You know, they were lower than that 14, 15 months ago. Uh, what did they just hate the former president so much they just had to come in and destroy all the good things that had happened. I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, cheap fuel, cheap gas, cheap diesel, I'm all for it, you know, very for it. And why they thought, yeah, anyway, then we got the Russia thing going on. And you've been seeing all the uh, Articles in the press about if Russia was to invade and if the U.S. was to retaliate in some form. They were talking about our oil prices would go up even higher. Because, do we get oil from Russia now? It seems like somebody implied that the other day. Nah, why? 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 I watched the, uh, <laughs> the uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, the new Ghostbusters movie, last night. And uh, it, I thought it was going to be pretty hokey, but it wasn't. It was pretty good, actually. But uh, this Ghostbusters is not based in New York City. It's based in a small town in Oklahoma. What, Summerfield? Something like that? I, I don't remember, remember, but it was Oklahoma. And it starts out uh, where a school teacher is, well, he's a size seismologist, and he's... Teaching at this school is not really his thing, but he's doing it so he can work because that's where a lot of earthquakes are happening. And uh, the fracking, you know, it goes back to the fracking. You know, I remember now I'm on the Arkansas border, Arkansas Oklahoma border here in Fort Smith. And yeah, you know, every day we heard about a, a tremor earthquake over in Oklahoma. We never felt them, but they were there. <clears throat> and yeah, it was probably due to fracking. 
I'm not going to deny that. I don't think anybody does. But they were talking about it, and he was watching uh, his thing that monitors, I forget what they're called now, the thing that monitors other quakes and stuff like that. They were talking about being in Oklahoma and the earthquakes, and I think the earthquakes kind of played into it a little bit. About how these, uh, well, if you saw Ghostbuster 1, you know what I'm talking about, how all the uh, ghosts and goblins and the, <laughs> the marshmallow men in Ghostbusters Afterlife, pretty pretty funny. Not what I was expecting, but pretty funny. And they weren't, anyway, watch the movie. But, you know, I was thinking, Jiminy Crickets. <sighs> you know, fracking, they don't do that anymore. And I've, I've talked about this before, uh, previously. Uh, during the podcast, had a uh, person I was talking to that used to work for uh, Exxon. They kind of took a forced retirement. And the reason was, and you know, I had to ask him, okay, why, are, why is fuel going up? Why, what's going on with fuel? Because they, 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 they capped how much oil companies could produce domestically. So it was forcing them to buy oil from other countries. And that, to me, just makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, let's buy it from other countries. Forget about the population. By golly, let's buy it. <laughs> A lot of things don't make sense to me. Uh, even this uh, Canadian thing, Trudeau up in uh, Canada, <laughs> if you've been keeping up with this, and I'm sure you have if you're listening to this podcast, the Freedom Convoy. Well, the Canadian House of Commons erupted in shouts of condemnation yesterday after being grilled by conservative uh, Melissa Lantzman during a tense emotional question period. QP, question period. That's capitalized, okay? This occurs every sitting day in the Canadian House of Commons uh, when members of Parliament ask questions of the uh, government ministers, including... The Prime Ministers. Uh, you're not going to believe this. Hopeful vision for public life isn't a naive dream. It could be a powerful force for change. If Canadians are to trust their government, their government needs to trust Canadians. Those are the words of the Prime Minister in 2015. These people, very often misogynistic, racist, women haters, science deniers, the fringe. Same Prime Minister six years later as he fans the flames of an unjustified national emergency. So, Mr. Speaker, when when did the Prime Minister lose his way? When did it happen? Right, Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, Conservative Party members can stand with people who wave swastikas. They can stand with people who wave uh, the Confederate flag. We will choose to stand with Canadians who deserve to be able to get to their jobs, who be able to get their lives back. These illegal protests need to stop, and they will, Mr. Speaker. <laughs> swastikas. Flag-carrying swastikas. Yeah, he's in it now. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Melissa Lanstman when he was uh, debating with her, or retaliating against, whatever, calling her conservative party, one to stand with the uh, swastika-carrying protesters, whatever, terrorist, as he's called them in the past. <laughs> She's Jewish. That didn't sit very well. So, kind of wild. Now, there's a video floating around, too, I've seen, where the swastika flag carrying individual was walking around not pro nazism but walking around with the flag saying this is what we're going to become if we don't stop this tyranny this is where we're headed this is where we're headed had nothing to do with white supremacy or anything like that now that's video floating around youtube uh, it is what it is you know, and I've said to him in previous podcasts, uh, Trudeau said something about the uh, Confederate flag, which has nothing to do with Canada whatsoever. But uh, somebody, and I saw a video too of somebody walking around with that uh, Confederate flag. But the way I saw it was they were rebels. <laughs> they were rebelling against Trudeau and his tyranny. But anyway, 
Ottawa police step up efforts to get protesting truckers to leave, and I saw a live video last night. Looks like some of them are leaving. Ottawa police trying to break up the nearly three-week siege of the uh, capital by truckers protesting Canada's COVID-19 restriction and mandate began handing out leaflets yesterday warning drivers to leave immediately or risk arrest. And I'm sure bank accounts, personal and commercial, will be frozen. Your truck will be impounded, never get it back. What are the things were they threatening the other day? Kind of crazy, man. Kind of nuts. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Because this thing's going worldwide now. I saw uh, Biden on the news the other day. Uh, he's kind of taking the uh, Trudeau side there. And when asked about the uh, mask and things like that, he just refuses to back down. But other governors across the country that are Democrats, they're seeing the right in on the wall. Mainly that their uh, constituents are ready for this stuff to be over. All right, you got something to talk about? You, you got a question, comment, messages, anything like that? Well, you can email me direct, fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. Plenty of forms on the website, freightbrokertv.com. Matter of fact, be prepared. I don't know exactly when it's going to happen yet. But the uh, freightbrokertv.com website is getting ready to be uh, rebuilt. It's going to go, uh, it's going to, uh, well, get, it's not going to be, well, it is going to be taken down, I guess, for a couple of days while it's uh, redesigned. should be a little bit friendlier. The, the current design up there has been up there since we started. And now that we're posting, well, this week alone on YouTube, if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, we got a, a, a video posted every day this week. And uh, we'll see how long we can keep that up because we are pretty busy. I'm a busy man. <laughs> All right, I am, my name is Mike. Uh, if I haven't introduced myself or if you didn't know, I'm glad you found the uh, podcast. I am the lead consultant for Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A. You'll find us at taltoa.com, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. We are a transportation and logistics training and consulting firm. We consult freight brokers, freight broker agents, trucking companies. If it's transportation, we've... We're kind of right there in the middle of it. Today's topic, sales and selling. That's one thing whenever I'm working with a new client or clients, period, that word sales scares them to death. I mean, literally scares them to death. I'm not a salesman. Man, I've never sold anything in my life, you know. If the house is burning down, I couldn't sell a bottle of water. You know, they kind of do. Well, I started selling back when I was like 21 years old. A long time ago. <clears throat> and some of you may have heard this story before, but I'll share it with you give you an idea. Because it kind of works into this. I started selling uh, when I was 21. What it was, I was unemployed pretty much down to my last hundred dollars, maybe, <laughs> you know, and I picked up the newspaper. That's something we had in my day that had news items in it, had comics in it, and it had classified ads that had jobs, you know, people uh, looking or wanting to hire people. And one of the sections was Help Wanted Sales, and it was a blind ad, and the ad said, we will pay you $100 a week to learn our business. And I had a phone number, and I called. <clears throat> a blind ad that was for selling life and health insurance. They were going to pay me $100 a week to sit in an office <clears throat> to... Uh, learn enough to be able to pass a test. You know, you have to, to get your license to be able to sell life and health insurance. So you're going to pay me $100 a week to do that. And the guy told me, hey, if everybody could do it, we'd have a line 10 blocks down the road, you know, wanting to get in here. He said, but you came through the front door. You saw the people. I was it. 
and but the hundred dollars a week, you know, I thought, man, it was summertime. Yeah, you know, I could stand to sit in an office and air conditioning and learn something, and then pay me a hundred dollars a week. Now, hundred dollars a week back back in the day, it wasn't great money, but it by it was by no means anything to sneeze at. And uh, the sales job paid commission. Insurance pays commission. At least this one did. And I had no desire at all to sell insurance. But I went ahead, you know, like I said, the air conditioning, sitting in a nice office, learning something. I took them up on it. Came in Monday morning, started my training, and through that, those next two weeks, I kept on seeing people come through the door. Agents that worked for this insurance office. And I don't know how you are, but I'm the type of individual that looks at something and says, I can do it. I, I was raised, uh, my parents, uh, I was going to say beat it in my head, but you, you understand it, uh, figure of speech. There is no such word as can't. You can do anything you set your mind to. So that that was my attitude. You know, I was young. People were walking through that door that worked for this company that, uh, you know, I, I, they were making money every day. A lot of money. All of a sudden, I started getting interested in selling insurance. I thought, okay, if, if these knuckleheads can make this kind of money, man, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> you know, arrogant. Arrogant youth. Youth is wasted on the young. Have you ever heard that? But anyway, so I got my insurance license. I passed the test. And I thought, all right, get out of my way. And I hit the streets, man. First week, went out there. I think the first week I made a road with somebody. And an experienced agent. Made a little bit of money. Second week, went out. I didn't sell anything, man. I mean... <laughs> Zero. I, I, I was like that guy who couldn't sell a bottle, bottle of water to somebody that had a house that was burning down. You know, that kind of thing. You know, I was discouraged. But they kept in my head. I know I can do this. I know it. I've watched these other knuckleheads do it. And I know if they can do it, I can do it. So it came Friday afternoon. All I had was a few bucks in my pocket. And I thought, I've got to learn. It dawned on me, I've got to learn how to sell. And I went, I didn't have no money to buy any books, but I had a library card, thank the Lord. And I went down to the library and I checked out four or five books on sales, selling. One book made all the difference in the world. Frank Baker, I think, how I made a million dollars selling life insurance. Now that may sound pretty boring to you, but it, it hit me, I mean, right between the eyes. Okay. Boom, let's check that one out. I had a couple of two or three others too, but this one this one really opened the door for me. It taught me about cells. It taught me the psychology of cells. Or at least it opened the door to teaching me and me learning more about the psychology of cells. That next week, and I read these books all weekend, I studied them, got it in my head. That next week I went out and I started making money. And I made real good money from there on. So, these people that call me, and I talk to, I have clients that say, uh, yeah, I've never sold anything in my life. I'm not one of them natural-born salespersons, salespeople, or whatever they want to say. My response is, yes, you are a natural-born salesperson, because you are. If you're listening to my voice, or watching this video, understand you have been selling your entire life. Hmm? Think about it. <laughs> you sewed your mom when it was kind of time to go to the hospital and be delivered. <laughs> you know, you uh, you sewed your parents uh, on when it was time to change your diaper. You sewed them on when you were hungry. You sewed family and friends on what you wanted for your birthday, what you wanted for Christmas. You know, that guy or girl you met wanting to go out with, you sold them on the idea of dating you. 
Do you see what I'm getting at? You've been selling all your life. It's built in. But if you understand the science, the psychology of selling, it starts putting, pulling it together. It's just going to make, it, once you understand how you've been doing it, then you're going to be able to really get out there and do it better. Once you understand it, is what I'm getting at. So let's get to the basics of a cell. There are three things that make up a sales call. you got the open, the presentation, and the close. The open is the introduction, so to speak. Hey, how you doing? Fist bump, handshake, whatever it might be. The presentation is when you are presenting the benefits of your product or service to the potential customer, and the close is simply asking them to take action. It's that simple. Matter of fact, I think I've uh, got some other videos up about selling. Matter of fact, we put one up the other day. No, that was prospecting, maybe? Funding? Anyway, got some other videos posted on YouTube in the past. If you're watching this video on YouTube, I'll uh, put the links to those videos at the end of this video. Because <laughs> I'm sure this is going to make it on the as a topic. But you're going to want to look, you know, watch it. You know, understand, selling is easy. Okay, selling is pretty easy it's not that difficult you know the one thing you've got to you've got to get past and not let it just you know discourage you or anything else disrupt your disrupt your work routine is you have to understand people are going to say no no is so easy to say it's not even funny it's a it's you know when somebody says yes that's some type of a commitment you know, people are scared of that. Somebody says no. All right, somebody says no. So what? Hey, thanks. You're looking for the yeses. You, you see what I'm saying? You're looking for people to say yes. The people that say yes are going to make you money. These people that tell you no, <laughs> you're not worried about them. You know, you can't be worried about them. Matter of fact, in our training at Taltoa, uh, because we go... First, uh, a lot of the first three sessions of our essential tra training with a new client is going to be about selling. How to sell. How to make a sales call. What to say. How to respond. What to do when they say no. How to answer their request. How to handle objections. And, and this is going to blow your mind. You want to know how you handle a re objection? Hey, thanks. Have a good day. If they say no, don't try to keep pushing them. Think about it. You you go to a, a car lot or a furniture store or something like that. Uh, that salesman, no matter what you're, you know, if you say no, they're going to keep on. They're going to keep on handling you. You're, you're, it's going to drive you nuts. Remember that. You know, think about how you like to be sold. There are two types of sales. You got a hard sell and a soft sell. In my opinion, freight brokering works much better with a soft sell. Hard sell is refusing to take no for an answer. Soft sell is not pushing, letting the potential customer make up their own mind on their own. You're just presenting the facts. Now, what is the facts when it comes to selling? I've said this over and over again. You're helping that company stay in business. You're helping that person in shipping keep their job because you're helping them get their job. Now, you may be saying, now, how am I helping that company stay in business? Because you're helping them get trucks to be able to pick up their customers' orders and get delivered. Because keep in mind, if that company, they can have all the sales in the world. They can have tickets 10 miles high. But if they have no way of getting that uh, order delivered to their customer, they're not making any money. <laughs> you see what I mean? So you're helping them. You're helping them get trucks. You're helping them stay in business. You're helping that person in shipping keep their job. You're helping them keep their job because you're helping them do their job. And the fee for your service is free. No charge. They don't, they're not paying you to use your service. You're making your money from what they're already paying to move a load. That makes sense? All right. Like I said, we go into a lot of detail on this. Matter of fact, if you'd like to learn more, check out our website, tautoa.com, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. we got packages in there. They include essential training. Uh, some have supplemental training. A lot of people say, what's that supplemental training? Well, it goes into more uh, detail and depth about sales, sales skills, marketing, basic IT, because you're using your computer all the time. you got to keep it maintained. 
talks about getting your own authority, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's supplemental. But uh, after you finish your essential training, your guaranteed placement, it's optional, but you're guaranteed it if you want, to enter our mentorship program. Mentorship program is where you're going to be working as a broker agent through us under uh, Tatoa Logistics, our uh, freight broker side of the uh, company. That way we're able to monitor everything you're doing, give you more support, make recommendations, be right there with you side by side. If you got questions, problems, situations, need help, we're here to help you. We're making sure you're crossing the T's, dotting the I's as you begin your freight broker operation. Now, that's the mentorship program. When you complete the mentorship program, you're active. You you want to stay on with Tatoa Logistics? Absolutely. Love to have you. So keep that in mind. And uh, just so you know, mentorship program, yeah, you, you, you have the opportunity to make money in the mentorship program as a commission freight broker agent. Uh, we pay 60% of net, so keep that in mind, too. All right, I'm not real thrilled <clears throat> about what th this next story we're going to talk about. <clears throat> and if you're not a fan of C.H. Robinson for whatever reason, you're really not going to be a fan after you hear this one, if you're a driver uh, or even a broker or a trucking company, whatever. C.H. Robins, uh, Robinson is collaborating with Waymo, W-A-Y-M-O, to introduce autonomous trucks into its freight network. They're starting this program down in Texas. See a Waymo truck going by, it's an autonomous truck. C.H. Robinson loaded it. So, C.H. Robinson is crossing over to the side of autonomous trucks. They're going to be providing freight to these trucks. So if you're a trucking company, you're a driver, it looks like, and I know a lot of y'all use C.H. Robinson, but, you know, you always hear the complaints, man. They they really take too much off the top. Talking about rates. Now they are actually taking the loads out of your trailer and putting them on an autonomous truck. That's pretty wild to me. Uh, they're calling it a strategic partnership. That's scary. They are going to be using their fleet of self-driving Class 8 trucks to haul freight between Dallas and Houston for C.H. Robinson. That one kind of sits in my crawl. Not real happy about that. You know, somebody was talking to me yesterday about C.H. Robinson and some issues they had. I, you know, C.H. Robinson, they're a big company. I'm not, you know, they, they are what they are. You know, they have the right to do what they want to do. But I know this. If I'm a trucking company owner-operator... Maybe I'm small, you know, one truck, two truck outfit. I've got my own authority. I've been using C.H. Robinson for a lot of loads, which a lot of people do. And I hear this. I mean, you're, you're, you're taking my freight and you're putting it on an autonomous truck uh, from a company that's trying to put me out of business. I, it just, it's just weird. But it is what it is, right? Okay, we got the uh, three-day CVSA road check coming up in May, May 17th through 19th. You'll want to put that on your calendar if you are a driver, owner-operator, out there on the road, or trucking company. CVSA announced the area of focus of this year's international international road check enforcement effort. I'm not worried about the international. I'm worried about... I was always worried about the ones inside the Continental 48. You know, when they had these three-day road checks when I was driving... I would go home, park the truck. I didn't do that one year, uh, but I, that was the last year I didn't do it. They had dogs all up in my truck and everything, and I had a cab over, man. I was driving a cab over, and over in Tennessee, they had the, you know, the truck dogs, and I guess that was their deal that time, and yeah, they, they threw that dog up in my cab over. But anyway, it is what it is. If you've been through a road check, you've been out there, you know how it goes. This year, the CVSA road check, and like I said, takes place May 17th through 19th. They're going to be focused on the wheel. The wheel ends. According to the CVSA, violations involving wheel-in components historically account for about one-quarter of the vehicle out-of-service violations discovered during international road check. Past international road check data uh, <laughs> <laughs> routinely found wheel-in components 
in the top 10 of vehicle violations. So, giving you this information, so if you've got a truck, it's your truck, you want to make sure these wheels are all 18 of them. Which you should check. You know, I mean, it's part of the pre-trip anyway, but you should, you should have these correct. Uh, during the inspection of wheel ends on a commercial motor vehicle, inspectors will check for cracks or unseated lock ring studs or clamps. Check for bent, cracked, or broken rims on the inside and outside wheel rims. Going to be looking for loose, broken, missing, or damaged wheel fasteners. Uh, so they're going to be checking spoke wheels for cracks across spokes. Check for the hub lubricant leaks, missing caps or plugs, inner wheel seal leaks, tire and valve stem leaks. Yeah, all right, my wife brought this up. I haven't seen the story, but we're on valve stem and tire. What was it, an Amazon? Amazon trucks? Amazon yard? Somebody broke in. And uh, it's not funny, but they, uh, I guess, broke the valve stem off of the outside tire, and they... Uh, Took the tire off the rim. Yeah, everybody came to work the next day and their tires were gone. <laughs> anyway, people are weird anymore, man. I don't know. That's a lot of work. Anyway, check for proper inflation cuts and bulges on the tire. Sounds like this is coming out of the pre-trip manual, don't it? Check for regrooved tires on the steering axle. You can't have that. Who's going to, you know... Uh, who wants a retread on the steer? If you ever had blowout, and I have, and it wasn't a retread, but I've had blowout on a steer one time when I was driving a big truck. I was up in PA. And uh, I was lucky. It didn't, it, didn't, it didn't jerk me like I thought. It went out, scared me to death. But, uh, yeah, you know, you, you don't want a steer tire to blow out on you. That's That's never good. Tread wear, measure uh, major tread groove depth. They, you know, that's pre-trip stuff. Inspect the sidewall for improper repairs, such as play. You can't plug the sidewall. You know that. Somebody that does that. If you're, if you're, you know, I know a tire is expensive. Even on my boat, brand new tire. Last year when I picked it up, man, I was going down the road and and uh, what I have to, I had to take the boat back for something for them to look at. I don't remember what it was. But it was nothing major. But when I got there, the guy said, uh, "Yeah, you know, you've you're gonna have a flat." I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "You got a, a screw sticking out of your tire." I went and looked. It was on the sidewall. Brand new tire. I had to replace the whole tire. You don't plug those things, man. You, you safety first. Inspect the sidewall for. Eh, I just read that. Check for exposed fabric or cord <laughs> showing. Man, if you if you're an owner operator. I get it. I, I've worked with owner-operators like this before. You know, you're trying to make it till the money comes in the mail, or, you, you know, you get a deposit. You know, as soon as I get that, as soon as I get the payment on that last load, I'll be able to, you know, buy me a new tire or something. Man, you can't do that. you got to get it fixed. Go to your bank. Get a loan. Get those, you know, get a safety first, bottom line. Check for tire contact uh, with any part of the vehicle. Check for markings on the tire that would exclude its use on a steering axle. Check for debris between the tires. Check for tires touching one another or any other part of the vehicle. It's basic pre-trip 101. You know, if you got a problem up there on the front end, you... Uh, you want to get it taken care of. Matter of fact, if you got stuff on your truck that just uh, isn't right, you want to get it taken care of. It. I had a. Uh, I'll be real honest about it. I was uh, driving a tanker, CO2 tanker. Uh, chicken plants use CO2 to quick freeze their chicken, or they used to when I was uh, driving. And I was going down a grade one time, 60% grade, 6%, not 60. I know that in my headset it sounded like 60, but it was 6. And it was November. And there was a 90-degree curve, you know, elbow turn there at the bottom of the hill. And I could see, you know, through the trees, luckily. 
I was in Arkansas, going up toward Harrison, Arkansas. And I looked out through those trees, and I could see the other road, which, you know, I didn't think anything of it at the time. I was going down the hill. had no jake brake on this truck. I had been driving for like four or five months. Wasn't the most experienced in the world. Owed international harvester. Now, maybe it was just international. It was a hood, though. I was going down the hill. I was in low gear and everything and, you know, working my brake right. Everything's feeling good. Another truck went by me. You know, I couldn't see any smoke. Everything looked good. And then about, I don't know, halfway down. I mean, if my, my brakes turned into sponge. I had always heard about that, you know, spongy brakes, sponge brakes, and that's exactly what they felt like. I started picking up speed. And I realized at some point there, I mean, it just happened so quick, but everything's in slow motion, that uh, this was not going to be pretty. I was standing up. I've heard people say, talk about standing up on their brakes, and there I was standing up on those brakes. <laughs> And it wasn't doing anything. So I was able to look through the trees. Now, I didn't see any vehicles coming, so I got as far over to the left. There's only two lanes. It's a two-lane country road, downhill, 90-degree turn. I got over in the left lane far as I could because I knew I was going to swing wide if I had a chance at all. And I, I pretty much had a pretty good idea. I had no chance of making it around that turn. And I was correct in that assumption. Started going around the turn. I was as far over as I could get. I looked out my west coast on the passenger side, and I saw that trailer tandem lift off the road. As soon as that happened, I knew it was over. There was no saving it. And it was that day, that moment, that I realized a tanker rolls. <laughs> drive at <in> it, <laughs> but a tanker, it will roll. Anyway, it came to a stop. I was upside down, had the seatbelt on, and I'm not going to go into this story, but a long time ago, when I was young, uh, a lot younger than that, I was in an accident with a buddy of mine. I was, in, I was not driving. And we had a rollover, and when we got out of the truck, the uh, cab, the roof of the cab, right between he and I, it just caved in. You know, like that. If I would have been over a little bit, it would have crushed me. That was in my head, too. I don't know why, but what I did, I took my hand, put it up over my head, touching the cab. I don't know what I was going to do if I felt it come down. But uh, <laughs> when when we came to a stop, the hand that was driving, I don't know, it was my seat, my air seat, it was pushing me up. It was upside down. It was pushing me up against the steering wheel of the truck, and my hand was pinned under that steering wheel my left hand was up here and I couldn't get it released and my first thought was great I survived the crash I'm going to die in the explosion <laughs> which didn't happen obviously you know diesel is pretty hard to ignite but I worked my way out you know I had to use this hand to push the seat down and believe me one of those seats air seats there they weigh quite a bit but anyway, I was able to get it down so I could get the sand released, release seatbelt, and I took off. Okay. But anyway, that was a long time ago. That's my uh, story there. And I don't know what even brought that story up. But anyway, <laughs> surely something will come up. Uh, oh, but yeah, that was my crash, you know. And I, I did a pre-trip, but I didn't do a, a heavy-duty pre-trip. You know, I mean, I was just going up, you know, 100 miles up the road, 150 miles up the road. I wasn't too worried about it. It was cold that morning. And, uh, yeah, I checked the brakes, checked everything like I should have. One thing I didn't do, I did not adjust the brakes. Now, I know in California, you have to have the, well, I guess you still do, the brake, uh, certified brake inspector card. Matter of fact, one trucking company I used to work at, they would certify the drivers as a certified brake inspector. We had a card and everything. So, because in uh, California, it used to be, I don't know if it's still this way or not, a driver was not allowed to adjust their own brakes unless 
you were a certified brake inspector. Hey, it is what it is, right? All right. Uh, new ADB headlights are coming out. U.S. OKDM, U.S. Highway Safety Regulators are about to allow new high-tech headlights that can automatically tailor beams so they focus on the dark areas of the road and don't create blindness for oncoming drivers. We've all been there. I think Dodge trucks used to be the worst. I used to uh, have a Dodge, a couple of them, a couple, two or three of them actually, Dooley's, when I used to hot shot. And uh, whenever I had a load on, it would lift that truck just a little bit to where any oncoming traffic, even though I'd have my lights on low, they would think it, it, it was blinding them, you know. Now we got the LEDs and all that, but th this could be a pretty good improvement if it works right. You know, we get all this technology, it's just something else that uh, can break, right? Hey, if you're a big truck and you're still using a 3G cell phone for your uh, ELD, sun setting starts next week. You better get it updated. Starting next week, the first major mobile carrier will discontinue 3G services, which could result in your ELD not working. And, of course, that's going to bring violations. Uh, starting February 22nd, AT&T 3G will sunset to make way for more advanced 4G and 5G services, the first major mobile carrier to sunset 3G services, but sunset dates for these other carriers are upcoming throughout the year. AT&T February 22nd, Sprint 3G T-Mobile uh, March 31st, Sprint LTE T-Mobile June 30th, T-Mobile 3G July 1st, Verizon 3G New Year's Eve. <laughs> They're waiting until the last minute, aren't they? I don't know if that's good or bad. Anyway, some of the smaller carriers like Cricket, Boost, Straight Talk, Lifeline, they they use AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile networks, so they're going to be sunsetting. Same time, whatever network they use will be sunsetting. So keep that in mind. All right, if you're in Wisconsin, you know these roundabouts some of these towns have. I've never understood them. They always look confusing to me, and it scared me to death if I got in one. A roundabout. Scared of somebody hitting me or me hitting them as I'm trying to find my way around the roundabout to figure out, okay, where's... Yeah, not the brightest bulb on the tree sometimes when it comes to a roundabout. But anyway, on Wednesday, yesterday, the Wisconsin State Police took to social media, Facebook... Who goes there, they said on their post. Have you ever approached a roundabout next to a semi-tractor trailer and wondered who has the right-of-way? <laughs> Spoiler. In parentheses. It's the semi. They go on to say, Wisconsin State Statute 346.18 Section 8 specifies that drivers shall yield the right-of-way to vehicles longer than 40 feet or wider than 10 feet when approaching or driving through a roundabout at approximately the same time. <laughs> That's one of those common sense things. Okay, if I'm in a car and uh, I'm hitting a roundabout and I look over there and I see a big truck coming, I'm going to yield to the big truck. That's just a common sense thing, don't you think? And when they got to make a law like this, obviously, somebody's done it. I, I'm sure it happens a lot. And for the uh, Wisconsin State Police to even post it on their Facebook must be happening a lot more than you think. Back uh, years ago, I picked up a load of Christmas trees up in Salem, Washington. I had to go up this mountain. Uh, that's where the uh, Christmas tree farm was. Got up there, and they put a piece of paper in front of me, and they say, here, we need you to sign this. I looked at it. It said, waiver. And I read it, and basically what it said was that I would yield to helicopters. Now let me explain why they would have, well, a, a helicopter on top of the mountain, what it's doing, you know, on the side of the mountain, they got the trees growing, they got people down there cutting them down, they're putting them on the net. Helicopter flies over, drops a hook, they pick up the helicopters, take them to the top of the mountain, drop it so they can do what they got to do to the Christmas tree to get it ready for transport. So I'm looking at this. And I'm thinking, man, for, it cracked me up because, okay, for, for them to have a, 
a document that they would make a truck driver sign that said, that said uh, I'd yield to helicopters. I thought, obviously, somebody didn't once. And I thought, what an idiot. You know, you, you can't fix stupid. You, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> it just is what it is. All right, what else we got going on? Oh, yep, one more thing I want to talk about. I was uh, perusing through the YouTube videos like I normally do, and I found some guy out there talking about, and I'm talking about being a freight broker, this and that, blah, blah, blah. There's so much garbage out there about working as a freight broker. Some of these people that are putting videos up, they don't have a clue what they're talking about. I'm sure some people are saying that about me. But, uh... They were talking about factoring companies. Did a video just uh, 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 a while back about factoring companies. You can find it on YouTube. But uh, they were in there talking. They were pro-factoring, pro-factoring. They were they were encouraging brokers to use factoring. Matter of fact, I'm sure it was sponsored because they talked about this one specific factoring company that they recommended. And I, I, I thought, man. What caught my attention to even watch this video was because they were, you know, it was one of those, uh, should I, should a broker use a factoring company? And I thought, come on, surely not, you know, and sure enough, they were promoting it. So I went through there and I, you know, I watched the video and then he got to a point he was talking about, yep, you know, if you're, you're a shipper has 90 days to pay, broker has 90 days to pay a truck. And I thought, right there, buddy, if you're saying 90 days, obviously, you don't know about credit scores and days to pay. Broker, you got to pay a truck within 30 days of invoice. Shipper, you set the terms with your customer. Have you ever got an invoice, you know, net 30 you know, uh, 31 plus days going to be this percentage, extra, extra, extra. Matter of fact, if you're a broker and you're allowing a customer to go 90 days, why? <laughs> why? I had a customer one time. Now, I did a huge volume of business with this customer. I mean, huge. But they pay me on the 45th day. I move a load today. I knew 45 days from now, the check would be in the mailbox, period. Yes, I allowed them that. I, I gave them those extra two weeks because it was such a good customer. I was doing such volume, making a lot of money. Yeah, I'll let them ride two weeks. Now, if I got one customer, maybe moves a load every once in a while, and, you know, they're 45 days, forget it. I don't have time to mess with that. You know, not to make a couple hundred bucks. You know, i got to wait 45 days to get my money when I paid the truck you know, a month ago, or whatever it was, uh, just didn't make any sense, but this, this is, this is that stuff you got to watch out for, you know, and I looked at the views, he didn't have a whole bunch of views, but he, he had a pretty good handful, and uh, a lot of people watching that, you know, hey, cool, yeah, I can use factory, if you're, if, if you don't have enough money to start a brokerage, you should be an agent, until you get enough money, or have access to money, as in a, being able to go to your bank and <clears throat> getting an open line of credit that's that's what you want to do so that way when money comes in or you move a load you're, you're going to be able to pay that truck you know matter of fact you get an open line of credit at the bank where you've got money access to money you can start offering if you're a freight broker you can start offering quick pay you can offer load advances and you know charge two three percent you know that's just adding to the bottom line and I always recommend, you know, if, and, and tracking companies, if you're using a factoring company, I get that. <clears throat> but uh, before you factor a broker's invoice, find out if that broker offers quick pay or load advances. If they do, oftentimes you're going to find their rates are cheaper than your factoring company. You, you see what I'm getting at? But anyway, that's 90 day stuff. That, that's a bunch of malarkey. I promise you. You don't pay a carrier. It takes you 90 days to pay a carrier. There's going to be a claim filed against your bond, I would almost imagine. So, you know, the, these videos out there, a lot of all these guys are just talking and just to be talking, I guess. You know, pay attention. Know what you're, 
no, no. Don't just take, don't take my word for it. Don't take their word for it. Keep doing the research. Make your own, uh, uh, you know, determination about all that. All right. Uh, truck shows are going to be coming up. We're in that that time of year. We talked about this uh, a while back, but uh, coming up, what do we got coming up? Uh, March 8th through 11th, World Truck Week up in Indianapolis. Truckload Carriers Association annual convention going to be in Vegas, March 19th through 22nd. The big one, Mid-America Trucking Show, Louisville, March 24th through 26th. And if you're down in Florida, April 22nd through 24th, 75 Chrome Shop Truck Show. That's going to be in Wildwood. May 8th, Make-A-Wish Mother's Day Convoy. Mannheim, PA. Great Lakes Big Rig Challenge. Up in Michigan on May 27th through 29th. And uh, Walcott, Walcott Truckers Jamboree in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's going to be up in uh, mid-July. July 14th through 16th. All kinds of them. We'll keep you updated on those. All right, anything else before we call it a day? Yeah, you, I know you're thinking, eh, you're not going to tell us the answer, are you? Yes, I am. Today's impossible question. 35% of people posed say they do this if they're having a hard time falling asleep. What is it? Have a snack. Yep, let's go in there and open up a honey bun. Then go back to bed, get all that sugar high going. <laughs> it is what it is. All right, it's Thursday. It's going to be, uh, it's nice. Well, it has been nice. Let me put it that way. Uh, that temperature, it's one of those days I woke up this morning and uh, the temperature was like 62. It's been nicer the last few days. Windy, but nice. And uh, by the time, uh, at the end of business today, right now as I am, when I started this, when we started the podcast, I look at the uh, temperature, it was like 52. It's down to 48 now. And by 5 p.m., it's going to be 32. And by uh, 10 p.m., it'll be 27. So we're taking a nosedive one of those days. But we're going to rebound. Tomorrow going to be up uh, in the 50s. 60 Saturday. Yeah, I didn't, uh, we took the boat. Started to take the boat out the other day, like I told you, Tuesday. But the doggone wind just got too high. A 30-mile-an-hour gust, 30-mile-an-hour wind on a lake in a bass boat. Not a good idea. So we didn't go, but we got plans to go Saturday. So next week, we'll be hopefully talking about all the big fish. Uh, you know, I want to do some video, too. Put some video on here about that. But anyway, all right, going to wrap it up. Go have a uh, Go have a great Thursday, a great weekend, unless, of course, you've made other plans. I will talk to you later. Thank mm-hmm. you.